Hi everyone, welcome to the 442 podcast. Today, Liam, we've got not a belter, we've got the best golfer ever to come <laughs> on the channel. So far. Without a shadow of doubt, he's won the shot score challenge. Basically, if you've not watched the video, you better watch it. We're going to say no more. But we've got Chris Kirkland, formerly of Coventry, Liverpool, West Brom, Wigan, Leicester for a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, alone for a little bit. Sheffield Wednesday, Preston North End, and he's also represented England. Welcome, Absolutely. Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Been a good morning. Oh, it has, hasn't it? Wow. Yeah, been a great morning. I'm going to get my words right, John. On the golf, yes. we've been rogered. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But deservedly so. No the question. Handicaps just by a great golf. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll talk about that, though. Honestly, I've not. I know a lot of people say that I've not played for six, seven months, but sometimes that works in your favour, doesn't it? Yeah. When you've not played, you just come out and play, and company's great, and yeah, everything just clicks. Just a fun day. Yeah, it was good. I really, really enjoyed it. And there was a lot of good golf as well. It was good. was. Chris, did you always want to be a goalkeeper? No, no, I was an outfielder. Um, Never any good. Um, Always on the bench as an outfielder. And then it was just after the goalie got injured when I was about 13, 13 and a half. Because I was the only one on the bench, I had to go in goal, and, that, and that's where it stuck. So stuck, stuck at it, and yeah. So I was quite a late, real late developer, really. You know, you see all these kids these days going in academies at six, seven years old. But I was probably 15 before I got noticed. Um, which, looking back now, I'm glad it worked out that way. Were you that tall then, or did you take a late spot? 16. So when I went to Coventry, I shot up about a foot in six months. Did you? Yeah, shot up loads. Um, but obviously that brought its own issues with you know your body trying to catch up strength and all this sort of stuff and we'll talk about one of the nicknames in a minute that Gordon gave us but yeah no I, I was um, my family's tall my dad's tall mum sisters so I think I was always going to be always going to be tall Coventry so Gordon Strachan signed yeah. you yeah quite quickly but I suppose a big influence in your career was Steve Grzovic yeah spoke about it a lot he was he was just the I think he was the perfect role model to have at 15, 16. I used to train with him on Wednesday nights. So he used to train like the 15-year-olds on a Wednesday at Wrightington. And then to, when I signed youth team formed at 16, obviously you're in and around it all day. You're doing, not like today, you do all the jobs for the first team. So you clean the boots, clean the balls, get all the equipment out. So you're around the first team every day. And to see the way he conducted himself, the way he spoke to people, the way he trained, he was the hardest worker. First out, last in, every day, did all the running at the top of all the running stats. He was just an incredible professional, but a brilliant man. And for me to learn off him, I just thought that's the way you've got to be. You know, it's not just as a footballer, but as a, as a person as well. So I was I was really lucky. And Jim Blythe was my goalie coach as well. You know, looked after me just as much as Oggy did. And obviously Gordon was was the manager. So I was, I was lucky at a young age that I had them three around me. Good start, really. I mean, like you said, going in with the growth spurt, with the body, Mm. getting back into line with, with that spot. But Strachan, did you take quickly to him? I did, I liked him, yeah. Scared to death of him. Yeah, yeah I think everyone was. But he was, I mean, he's, he's not the biggest chap in the world, is he? But when he walked into a room, it was like he was 20 feet tall. He just had that respect. And he was still playing, by the way, when I was coming. East. I think his last game was 42. Seriously? Yeah, his last game in the Premier League, I think it was 42 he played. And he was, yeah, he used to draw. He was the best player by a mile. Even in training, obviously his fitness was going because he was he was getting older. But he was, um, yeah. Listen, I, I owe him everything because we had Magnus Hedman, who was at the club as well. He was Sweden's number one, and he, he played me over over Magnus. So yeah, always be grateful for what Gordon did. Do you reckon? I said, do you reckon Steve Grizovic had a word with Gordon saying, "Look, he's ready." He's never mentioned that to me. Because Oggy, I mean, Oggy was still playing. He, he played till he was 42. I think his last game was 42, Oggy, as well. So, again, to see the way they are as professionals and people as well was, you know, I, I just, I watched everything Steve Grzovic did. Every single day I was, I was obsessed with him, what he did. Proper but, old school. Yeah, but the way he treated me as well, always had time for the younger players, not just me, but everyone. Always had time for anybody. Uh, but he was just the hardest working professional I've ever, ever worked with. Well, invariably, any goalkeeper at any club, really, I think they work the hardest mm. at a football club, don't you? They do. Yeah, they do. Not just saying that. It's, it's a different fitness. Mm. You know, I mean, I used to love the running as well, and I got that from Oggy. Oggy used to do all the running. Um, so I used to love doing the running all the way through my career. 
but it's a, it's a different kind of thing. It's up, down, up, down, up, down. It is. You do. You, you work extremely hard. And I think it's the same at any club and any player that says no. I think they're 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 lying because the keepers are generally the hardest workers. A lot of wear and tear. Like you said, up and down, you know, it takes its toll as well. It does, it does. You know, later on in life, um, you do, you, I mean, you get older anyway and you feel things, but yeah, when you are pounding yourself, which you are every single day, you don't, you know, you're up and down, and especially the bigger you are, it's more impact. And you don't necessarily, when you're a kid, you're not bothered, you don't feel it, you think you're invincible. But I started to feel it probably when I got over 30. You start to get all the aches and pains and, you know, all the serious injuries that you had during your career, they catch up with you. Definitely. Like you say, a long way down, but longer for you. It you know was, I mean? yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a growth spurt when I was 16 in the youth team at Coventry. I shot up about a foot in six months. So that was my big, big growth spurt. But all my family, I'd say, they're, they're quite tall as well. Um, but yeah, I was very conscious. So that's what Oggy always used to say, look, big lad, brilliant, but you've got, to get, you've got to be quick getting down. So I used to work a lot on up and downs, up and downs, as quick as I can, get up as quick as I can. So I, was, I used to work a lot on that in training. So when, when Gordon Strachan got a hold of you, what were the things initially you had to work at, or you felt you had to work at? Everything. You know, Oggy always used to say, listen, there's nothing you cannot get better at. You know, no matter how good you think somebody thinks you are, you can always be better. So I used to work on everything, but particularly that one, getting down quick, because I was tall. I used to work a lot on that. Uh, kicking, I was terrible at kicking. I didn't have the strength in my legs. I, I couldn't kick the ball out of the 18-yard box until I was nearly 17. Um, which people sometimes you will like, but that's why I got the nickname off off the gaffer. Yeah, he used to call me Bambi Legs because I just had no strength at all. Uh, because I'd shot up so much, the body takes time to catch up. Um, but luckily, that that come quick enough. And the more you train with the first team, I, I was training with the first team probably every day when I, from when I was seventeen. Um, so I was with them permanently from when I was seventeen. So today, you're, I mean, you're giving the nickname Big Easy today on the golf course. I like that one better. But I, I think it suits. I listen, I hold my hand up when I see a good golf. Yeah. They swing, I mean, it's the irons up in the air. Say it again, how did they go? Right. Lifting on the podcast, that means start low, then they just rise like a big hawk down on the rabbit, boom, shakalak. Yeah, it was. It was. So we'll cancel the, the big bam, he's not getting a mention. Big it's always easy. going to be big the big easy. easy. I like that. Big the big easy. easy. Like that. Are you having it? Yeah, I'm having that, yeah. Yeah. Big easy. What well, a player he was. So we've got big easy, Curly Watts. <laughs> Curly Watts. Do you remember your debut? Tranmere. Yeah. John one win. Cup. Yeah. In the cup. Yeah, John Achterberg was in goal for Tranmere, who's obviously now the, the goalie coach at Liverpool. But yeah, I remember it. And I, I always remember my first action. And, and this is where it could have gone a different way. So my first action was a ball got booted, remember the old ball got booted up into the 18-yard box. It had snow on it. And it was about 16 yards out. And I've come and I've just took it clean. But it could have been so different. You know, I could have dropped that. I could have scored from it. And before your career gets started, it could have been, could have been over. But I just remember, and I think that made a lot of people sit up and go, flipping out. You know, he's confident and he's got good hands and I always prided myself on having good hands as well. Uh, but yeah, that was, I always remember it. That was my first, my first action, but it could have been a lot different. Saying that amazing name, you had a big day on your team, didn't you? Proper leader, wasn't it? Proper captain. Yeah, one of the best I've been in the dressing room with. Just add that respect off everyone. Once Dion said something, that was it, you know, but he said it in the right way. And if you needed any advice, anyone weren't sure on something, decisions needed making, it was always to Dion. And he, yeah, he captained that uh, dressing room and manned that dressing room brilliantly, better than I've probably had any captain do it during my career. Yeah. And player as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great, well, yeah. Oh, well, when you, there's players you, you, you play at uh, and play with, and when you, see when you know they're going to be on your team, when you know the fit and you come and you look at them and you think, oh, I'm glad you're on my team. Yeah. And he, he was one of them. He was just, he just, he saw everything about him, he, just the way he conducted himself, and he was a player. He was a player. Probably still don't. I don't think he gets credit for how no, good a player he was. No, I'll tell you another one. Emileski. Emileski. People always say, who, who, when we was at Wigan, particularly when we was at Wigan, yeah. if I knew he was playing, if I'd, if he wasn't playing, I'd be a bit like... But when I knew he was playing, he, you only know these players when you're on the pitch with them, what these players do for you as a team. And he was he was another one of them, Emil, definitely. Do you think it's a case of when supporters watch the game at times, you look at it and think, oh, oh and they criticise? Yeah. 
you know exactly what he's doing we for see the it team. day in day out you do yeah, yeah and, and the way he is in the changing room the way he inspires other people yeah. the way people respect him and he gets the best out of other players and he, he was he's always been one of the best I've played with Emil yeah and, and one of the first on the, on the team sheet for me so there's money coming in the Premiership then there's more foreigners coming in mm. Coventry signed two Moroccans didn't you is it? yeah Hadji and Chippo Chippo yeah yeah I remember yeah. Hadji, I think was he the better player? Hadji was the one that got the headlines. Or... Yeah, yeah, Chippo was a grafter in yeah. midfield. But Hadji, yeah, they're brilliant lads. I took to the dressing room. You know, they didn't shy away. They bought into the culture um, and they fitted into the dressing room as though they were born in England, yeah. They, was, they were magnificent and brilliant players. Yeah, he had some engine on him, Chippo. And, and Hadji could, yeah, he could memorise, uh, mesmerise you with some of the stuff he could do. So we're going through here now, two great players. Yeah. Dublin there as well, but you had, at one stage, John Artson and Craig Bellamy. We did, big job. Yeah, listen, we had some, again, I was lucky because Paul Williams, Richard Shaw, you know, David Burrows, Gary Breen. I was lucky, Roland Nielsen, who was just uh, the ultimate professional. Viv oh, Anderson said that, didn't he? So Roland Nielsen. Yeah. Oh. And down the line, Chef on Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just just the ultimate professionals. You yeah. looked at these guys and you, and they were just they did it, they did things properly. So I, again, I was I was lucky that I was in a team and in a squad that had some outstanding uh, people, but professionals as well. But yeah, Bellas Bellas was different. He was um, chirpy. I used to pick. So when he moved from was it Norwich he come through was it? Yeah, it would have been about six million. I think. Yeah, so he stayed in the Hilton at Coventry, and I used to go buy that every day to get into training. So I had to pick him up. So Gordon, Gordon said to me, "Look, can you pick Craig up in the morning?" So some mornings he'd get in the car, not say a dicky bird, get to the training ground, get out, not even say, "Oh, thanks, Chris, thanks for the lift." So it'd become a bit of like I'd just like pull up, he'd get in, uh, and then get into training sort of thing. But he was, yeah, he was. He was like very. Atmosphere with atmosphere there, isn't yeah, he was very. He was. He was chirpy. Yeah, he got. He got put down a peg or two a couple of times. Yeah. Who's that by? Uh, Paul Dion. Williams. Yeah, I think the story's well known, and I've told it a few times. But it was Paul Williams. Yeah, he was. He was chirping, and he said something to it. And there was there was two or three people in in that dressing room you didn't say anything to, because of the respect that everyone had from Dion, Paul Williams, Richard Shaw, and Roland Nielsen. So, but yeah. Uh, Bellas was chipping away at Willow a few times and you could just tell Willow was going to hit him. Sooner or later he was going to hit him and he was in the changing room. Something I think something happened on the training ground and Bellas said something and Willow just went and just sat him down on the floor and he never said anything else to, to Willow ever again after that. Is that like a life learning yeah. moment? Even myself, I'm going to say, when I was younger, it might have been a lot, yeah, I'd had a big mouth. You need a slap. Listen, there's or chirpy. You there's need chirpy, a... but there's chirpy in the right way and there's chirpy in the yeah. wrong way. Yeah, but sometimes what I'm trying to say when you're young and you, you need, I wouldn't say a slap, but you but need But when you're coming into a dressing room, though, when you're coming into a dressing room and you've got experienced pros and good pros that people look to with respect, you've got to, you've got to buy into that. You, you, even if you don't like them, you've still got to give them that respect as a professional. But Bellas, yeah, I think it was, I think it was long overdue when he, when he got that slap. But it kind of followed him around, isn't it? I yeah. Because he, he, uh, the, the, most of the clubs he's been at, I'm sure he's had the same thing happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there was one at Liverpool, weren't there? With John, John Arisa. Arisa. Yeah. yeah, I think he was talking about that the other day, weren't he, with a golf club. And I think he just sees red. I think, yeah, he just sees red sometimes. And yeah, I bet Joey Bart will be the same. Nice pork. And you can yeah. see that red mist. Can't yeah, it? listen, it happens. But when, like John just said, when it follows you around, sometimes you've got to think, is it me? You know, because you can't be right every time. Well, you wind people up the wrong way, you know yeah. what the end result's going to be. No, and I don't think you, whether he sees it now or not, you know, whether yeah. he sees it at the end of the career, when you're going through it, you probably think that you're invincible, don't you? You think oh, I'm right all the time. Whether he looks back now and thinks, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be much of some anger issues. <laughs> hey. You look back now, anger issues now. Then- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Then, was, was somebody being angry? Now there's different meaning to it. Yes. You know, when you look upon it now because of depressions and everything else now that's out there. But, yeah. you know, at that time... Well, he had a shearer as well, didn't he? Yes, I think we've had right. a shearer at yeah. Newcastle as well. So, yeah. so, listen, you've got to, when it happens so many times, you've, just, you've got to take a look at yourself yeah. sometimes. Yeah, one to do many. Yeah. Back on the pitch, 23 games for Coventry. Yeah. People looking at you now, there's interest from <laughs> Liverpool and Arsenal. We've already worked out you're a boiled Liverpool fan, still on the cop. Was there any chance you're going Arsenal? No. No, never. I think Man U were interested as well. Certain points, but no, I, I was happy at Coventry. We've been relegated. I wanted to stay to try and get us back up, but we all know, you know, with finances these days, when particularly back then, but they never put any pressure on us to leave. You know, they said, Look, if you don't want to go, we'll keep you, not a problem. But because it was Liverpool, and it was actually funny because I was at a fire and safety meeting for Coventry youth team, so I was still involved with the youth team as well. And I got a call off an agent saying, Look, Liverpool are going to bid for you on deadline day. Your agent? No, it, not at the time, no. So I, I, I hadn't signed with anybody, but he was going to look after the deal sort of thing. He was saying, look, Liverpool are going to bid for you. You need an agent to do this deal. So it was. I said, well, if it materialises, you can do it for us then. So he, he rang me on the morning of deadline day, the day before deadline day, he said, listen, have your bags packed, be ready to go because the bid's going to come in and you need to get up there and get signed. So I was thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I'm in a meeting and the clock was ticking and it was about five o'clock the day before deadline day and then Gordon Strachan popped his head around the door and I knew what it was as soon as he come and he just went Kirky like out you come and he sat me down and said look Liverpool have just bid for you uh, what do you want to do and I was I was still only 90 so I was like I, I, I don't you know you only played 23 yeah games, I was like I, and I've always been a home person I was thinking Shit, I'm going to have to move up to Liverpool on my own well I had my girlfriend then wife now which was a blessing because I think it could have gone a lot different but I was thinking, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And, he, and Oggy was at the, the, the ground for something and Gordon went, look, Steve's here, do you want me to go and get him? And Oggy come in the, in the room and Gordon explained to him, look, Liverpool a bid for him. And Oggy went, what are you still doing here? <laughs> he said, get in the car and get up to Liverpool. He says, you, you know, you've done your stuff here now. You're only young, yes, but it's Liverpool. You know, get up there. He says, and as soon as you see the place and everything about the history, and he, he says, you, you won't regret it. And, and that's what I did. I said, right, we'll go up there. So we drove, we got up there about 10 o'clock at night. I was in a scanning machine till two in the morning. Went down to the training ground the next day, met everyone. And it was international weekend that weekend. And this is the thing that sticks out. Gerard Hilly was back in France on a, for family, uh, with his family because it was international week. And he actually flew back a day before he was meant to come back and picked, picked me and Leona up himself. Yeah, and that's... See, that's the, a touch of class, though, isn't it? That's the, the special yeah. man he was, yeah. Phil Thompson picked us up from the hotel. He went, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And we drove to the airport and picked Gerard Hulley up. He said he wanted to come back a day early and just to help you settle in and stuff like that. And then we went to Anfield, and I was still, I was still not signed by this point. And I was, I was nervous, and Rick Parry, who was the chief exec, said, look, do you, you need a minute? I went, I do, yeah. He went, do you want to go down to the pitch? And I went down to the pitch, and I went and stood where I stood as a kid, as a seven-year-old, in the cop. And there was all seats there now, obviously, this time. But And all the, the hair stood up and I just said, look, let's let's sign, let's do it. And I went back up and signed. Wow. Yeah. What was your dad like? Oh, it was ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah, Leona, I said, I was lucky that I had Leona. To, to move away from home is hard anyway. My parents, they, weren't, they were never going to move. And um, she moved up with me and, and that made it a lot easier. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was, as soon as you signed, then you're thinking, well, why did I wait so long for? Um, but it was, it was, I was nervous, you know, I was, I was happy at Coventry. I didn't want to leave home. 
But as soon as you got up to Liverpool and you see everything, the players, and it was amazing. Did you have any self-doubt? I mean, yeah. I'm thinking that, like, you're not watching... Then. Not you, then. you watching as a kid, looking onto the pitch and thinking, am I good enough to be here? Not Is then. When you're a kid, no. I think when you're younger, you, you, you're fearless. You know, I don't think you start to... I started to feel the pressure a little bit when I got over 30, when your body slows down a bit, when you're not as sharp as you as you once was. You know, I used to come and take everything in the, in the penalty box. I was known for that. I used to come and take everything clean, catch it, distribute. So, yeah, not I wasn't phased at all back then. Yeah, not at all. Just down to moving home and, and leaving. It was the just literally that. That's all. That's what I was nervous about. Yeah, but again, luckily I had I had Leona with me, which made it a lot easier. Yeah. Was it even? Did you even get close to going and meeting with Arsenal or any no. other club? No. No. Not no. interested whatsoever. No. no. That was deal for all, isn't it? Eh? It's a good deal for all. Coventry six million. You got six million. Did you know you were like? The British record no. transfer fee. No, I didn't even know what my contract was when I signed because you didn't know. No, you to your agent or just no, didn't want to know. No, didn't know because Oggy said to me, he said, "Listen, don't worry about all the money and stuff." He says, "You're going to Liverpool. Liverpool are a club that respect people, are good with contracts. You're going to Liverpool. You know you're going to be looked after." And that was it. I found out after what it was, obviously when I'd signed and stuff. But I didn't go in and say, "Right, how much they're going to pay me." You know, and I want this, I want that. Yeah. I just said, right, well, you know, the, the deal's the deal, that's it. Because you know you're going to get treated properly by Liverpool. They're not going to, they're not going to stiff you. Yeah. You know, they've got wage structures and this is what people get and stuff. So, you know, Oggy said that to me. He says, just whatever they put in front of you, it will be right to sign it. So when Julian met you, did he say you were going as a number two, number yes. one? Yeah, so he picked us up... Um, he was in the front, turned around, how are you? He was asked how Leona was, you know, saying, are you okay moving up? Anything you need from the club, we've got people that look after partners and everything like that. Because he knew that you needed to be happy off the pitch to be, on, to be happy on it. Yeah, yeah and he was, a, he was a family person. He was always interested, always making sure your family was okay. Uh, he said, look, we're signing Jersey as well, same day. He's going to be number one. You come in, learn from him, learn from the players, and when you're ready, you'll play. And he was true to his word. It's just unfortunate. Every time I got in, I got a, a serious injury that knocked the stuffing out of us. What was it like first day of training when all all the big guns come back well, from international? Yeah, I remember Michael walking in, Michael and Stevie, yeah, Gary Mack, and you know Sammy Ipier. I mean, the, the, yeah. But then you look around, you think, wow, you know, this is what this is why you play football for. You want to play with the best. And I was in a dressing room with some of the best players in the world, and it was a yeah, it was an honour and privilege. Everyone great here. Yeah. Straight away? Straight away. Yeah, straight away. Emil was there, Hess, Hess was there. Brilliant, yeah. You just mentioned a player there, I think had a big hand also in your transfer, Gary McAllister. Gary Mack, yeah, he did. Uh, he was at Coventry with me when I was in the youth team and breaking into the team. And then he moved to Liverpool, did what he did. He won five trophies in his first year at Liverpool. Legend straight away and rightly so. But his wife wasn't very well and he'd come back down to train with Coventry to keep his fitness up. And he's gone back up and said, look, I've seen Chris when he was here, and now I've seen him now. So you've got to sign him. And he was ringing me every every few weeks, saying, "Look, Gerard, saying brilliant. You know, he's watched you play this game because Gerard couldn't ring me himself because obviously it was he was still tapping up. It was Macca, but um, he was just saying, look, they're going to sign you in uh, on deadline day.' But this was like four months before, five months before. So you're thinking, well, things are going to change by then. You know, he's miles away, but every few weeks he was ringing me. And then about four days before deadline, he rang me and said, right, be ready, make sure you're ready, get stuff packed up now, because the bid's coming day before deadline day. Like you said, even although you know it's coming, it's yeah, still got surprise, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you still you think, well, something's going to happen, they're going to go for yeah. someone else, or yeah. Coventry are going to say no. So, But, yeah, he was, uh, he was adamant that it was, it was going to happen, yeah. Remember your debut? Yeah, Grimsby. Grimsby in the Cup, yeah. I think it was the Worthington Cup, if I'm right. Yeah, when it was just about to go to penalties. So 1-1, one, one, I think it was. Extra time, under the 19th minute, just about to go to penalties. I'm thinking, oh, my God, penalties on my debut. Were you buzzing for this? Yeah, in front of the cop. Oh, so you wanted, oh, I wanted it to go to penalties. For yeah. sure, your class. Well, just because, like, your debut, going to a penalty shootout in front of the cop, you've got a chance to send your team through. I mean, it's dreams, isn't it? And then uh, Phil Jevons popped up from, like, 35 yards and... Yeah, the best goal I've ever conceded. Yeah, I could have dived twice and got nowhere near it. What, Grimsby won? Grimsby won 2-1. Have you never seen that goal? Oh, no, but it's on now if it's about. Jeez, I didn't Dude, know that. Phil Jevons, Grimsby goal. Just put that. 
And uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's, uh, as he's hit it, I thought, oh my God, I'm not getting nowhere near these. Just one of them shots, you know, as a keeper. Yeah, but it was just about to go to penalty shootout. Do you know that, a keeper? You know when you have the long range shots? Yeah, you know you're beat sometimes, yeah. And people might think you're not moved. Is it just because you know? You just know. Can't go there. No, you just know Instinct you're not getting Yeah, you just you face that many shots and, and you just know some shots, you're thinking, I'm not getting nowhere near that. Yeah, and it was, you'll Google it later on. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but I was devastated, yeah, because I was thinking, oh, God, it's nearly gone to penalties. And he's an Evertonian as well. And John's giving me now for stats, not having a clue, ain't John? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would later, Liam. <laughs> what I am going to say, was there a number three goalkeeper then, or was it just you two? Peggy Orfexad. Right, so, yeah. I would imagine, now knowing a little bit more, you all got on, goalkeepers. Brilliant. Yeah. Everywhere we went. I've never had, yeah, I've never had, um, personally myself, I've never had an issue with another goalkeeper. There's been groups I've been at where some of them have not liked a goalkeeper, uh, but I've I've never yeah never not got on with it. You have to, you, you, together, yeah. you, you have to. It, you can't make it. Yeah, you have to get on because you're together that much, and it's you know it is the keepers' union. You you have to get on. I mean, you, um, you guys are knitted together because yeah. you, you're like a separate department, yeah. us, aren't you? I yeah. mean, that's that's the way it goes. And then you get called in to, to yeah. train the rest of the guys, but. You work so close at hand with each other. Yeah. You have to get on. Yeah. And then when you've got youngsters that train me as well, like you have the, you have the youth, you've got, to, you've, got, you've got to be good with them. Yeah. Because they're, they're the next generation. You've got to help them. But some, some keepers I've worked with know that, you know, they're, they're focused on themselves. But you learned that off Steve O'Grevich. Learned that off him. Yeah, so I had that from an early age. You've carried that on. I've tried to, tried to all my career, tried to pass it on. You know, I said anything. The two lads, when I went to Sheffield Wednesday, um, I used to, because I used to commute from Liverpool, I used to get in for like half seven. So I used to go in the gym and do all my core stuff at like eight o'clock in the morning. And Andy Rhodes, who was a goalie coach, said, right, Kirk is in the gym at eight o'clock, you two are in the gym at eight o'clock. So the young lads that were local, they were only like 17, 18, they had to come in with the gym with me in, in the morning, um, at eight o'clock in the morning, every morning. Learning the right way, though, Yeah. What a man he was with Andy Rhodes. Oh, what a character he was. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he's a good he was, guy. Yeah. He likes his golf. So playing a lot for Liverpool, it seemed every time you had a great run, everyone, everything's going rosy, a little injury pops up and just got you at that just same place. Yeah, it was. I yeah, broke my wrist, I did my cruciate, um, broke my fingers, you see that one there? Well, I say a little yeah. injury, you've just did some big Yeah, it was ones, bad. Yeah, it was bad, bad injuries I had when I was there. Um, and they do knock the stuffing out of you. Is it Kevin Davis who did a couple? Kevin Davis did did that, yeah. And for then he, Southampton at the time. Bolton. For Bolton? Is it Bolton, yeah. And then I had an issue with my back when I was at Liverpool. And it all started was, you remember Leapfrog, the game of Leapfrog? So we were doing a warm-up and you had a partner, you bent over the Leapfrog there and Steve Finn and nothing, it weren't his fault. He just pushed down on my back to leap over. And that's where the back problem started. Um, so I had an operation about six months after that on my back. So yeah, it was, it was serious operations. Like my knee was eight months. You know, I broke my wrist just before the Euro, Euro 2004 that I was due to go to uh, with England. Um, so it was, yeah, it was serious injuries. We'll touch on it later on, but it, you just had bad luck at the wrong time because you weren't injured after you left Liverpool. You? No, no. So you've just had it at the wrong time. Listen, I would do it, I get asked this all the time, and you look back and you think, oh, I wish it was, a, but I would do it all again just for one game. Oh, and I mean that because it's the team I stood on the cop yeah. as a kid. You know, went to watch them play to sign from. So, yeah, what happened, happened. Yes, I should have made more appearances, but I didn't, simple as that. But I'm just, you know, to, to play for Liverpool once was my dream come true. Well, you did that. So, Rafa coming. Yeah. He's had a bit of bad press about dealing with people. He might have mellowed no. What was he like? I hope he has. Um, not good. Not good. Man, he, um, opposite to Hulia, then. Chalk, he went and picked you up himself. Chalk and cheese. Yeah. I think this is why we, why a lot of us were a bit like, oh my God, this, yeah, because it was chalk and cheese. He took me actually, so his first session, met him, he says, well, I'm taking you for a session. So he took me for a goalie session, Rafa did. Straight away, I'm thinking alarm sense. bells. Yeah, I'm thinking alarm right. bells. Well, he's, so he's took me out, right, and I'm thinking, oh my God. So he literally, from where we were, he said, right, well, stand there. He threw the ball at me, he went, I just wanted to punch it back like this. Just punch the ball back to me. Like, I'm thinking, oh no, what we've got here? And then he put some crosses in for me and I've come and took them like I always do, clean. He went, no, 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 no. He says, you punch everything now. 
says, you, you, you do not catch the ball. He says, I want you to play the following way. You, you punch everything away. So straight away, I thought, it's gone. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Against everything that I've grew up with, and I just knew that eventually things wouldn't work out, and it didn't be. Yeah, you couldn't go and see him about if you had an issue back home or you need to go your missus to a doctor's boy or whatever like that. He was just football, football, football. And he didn't want to know unless it was about football. Just didn't care? Didn't no. have that personal touch? No. 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 So you going back to that personal goalkeeping session he had with you? Oh, it was horrendous, yeah. Do you think he was just, what, making his mind up on you? or Probably. Yeah? Probably he was thinking, will, will this lad do what I want him to do? Uh, we had a goalie coach and he was a span. So I'd worked, always worked a certain way. Hard, Oggy, Jim Blythe, always, Joe Corrigan when I first went to Liverpool. Um, up, down, repetitions, and that was what I looked, That's what got me to where, it, where I was. And then this uh, Rafa coming and bought a Spanish goalie coach, and so Joe got sacked, and it was just completely opposite. He, he, he was just... Did he play? Basically, Did he didn't train. English? There was nothing. Like, the goalie... We would be out training, the goalie coach would still be inside in the building having a cup of tea. And we'd start... We'd have already started, honestly, and it'd, it'd bowl out, like, 45, 50 minutes into the session. I'm thinking, what's going on here? And, and then he'd come over, he'd, you'd do a couple of volleys, and that was it. And, uh, yeah, so in the end, me and the young lad at Liverpool, we used to finish training and go down the local park and train each other. Seriously? Liverpool. Yes. Was that a case of job for the boys then? It was just the way they did. Listen, yeah. he was the manager. Yeah. He was the manager. So it was his way or, or you're out. You know, and eventually I had, to, I had to leave. But such a shame because the work ethic that you've built up you know what I mean? All of a sudden, goes down the pan quickly. Yeah. And you feel the need. You've got to go and do extra training just yeah. to keep yourself. Oh, in we shape. were. We, I mean, we trained in cowfield sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It was just to get that bit of sharpness in. But he's the manager. You know, if you if yeah. you don't do what he wants, right or wrong, you you'll be out. So I knew my time was was coming to an end there. Uh, and then he pulled me back from holiday early, um, and I was away. You're up, was this pre-season then? Or? This was before pre-season. So you're on holiday? So I'm on holiday, got a call off the club saying, oh, Rafa wants to see you up. Come back, so I'm thinking, oh, what's this about? Gone in and he says, right, you can leave. I was like, can you just tell me that on the phone? So yeah, got me up, but that was his way of saying, I'm in charge. You do what I want you to do. But that's, again, no man management at all. Nothing there is, there's no respect there, is there? No, no. Where were we on holiday? We was in Spain somewhere. Yeah, Spain somewhere. So Missy stayed out. Because st I still had another two weeks left on holiday before we were due back in pre-season. So I just literally flew back in, said that, and then flew back out the day after again. Yeah. So we just in inconvenienced you? Well, you just done it because... Yeah. sorry. Well, yeah, li listen, Absolutely. I wouldn't do it to someone. Um, but so how did the conversation go then? I, mean, I want yeah. a foreign goalkeeper. You can... Uh, you're English, I want a foreign goalkeeper. You can go. Simple as that, find Sim a club? Simple as that. No. Yeah. You had an agent at that time who sorted your deal. Just, I'm trying to get my head around it. So you're on the way back to the airport. Yeah. Tell the missus. Yeah. Because she'd be thinking what it's she about. Knew, she knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I knew what was going to happen, but... You were thinking, yeah. maybe, maybe not, because it's done in such a crap way. Yeah, but I knew, I knew, I knew that they wanted me out because you find, you know, the agent and stuff, but, yeah, I didn't think it would be that brutal. Was it a phone call to your agent saying, right, I've got two more weeks on all day, I'm going back... See what he can find, or was already. He was policies. already doing his own work, yeah, because he that they know. So he was already, he said, listen, that you know they want you out. Uh, so I went on loan to start with, and then I went obviously to Wigan, uh, permanently to Wigan, 
but they were messing the deal around. Uh, so this, so when, so this was it after my loan with West Brom. Can I just that, touch that on that? summer? He come in and said, right, you, you can go. Your West Brom loan. Yeah. Started every game, playing great. Yeah. Got an injury. Yeah. If you didn't get that injury, could you have seen yourself at West Brom? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was. Uh, that's it. With Kevin Davis one, so played at Bolton. We've come and took a cross, and Kevin's hit me in the side with his knee. Like, and I thought, and it made me feel physically sick. Do you know, I've seen some of his tackles. Yeah, and this is just, that's just the way Kevin but was. But, that, just, but that's just, the way the game was back then, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's the way. Listen, we've got no issues with it at all. That was the way the game was back then. You know, I used to come out and take the ball, but you know, if I needed to hit someone, I'd hit someone. But he hit me as hard as I've ever been hit, it's and I thought, and I got to half time, and I was thinking, I don't feel right here. I feel fucking horrendous. I feel terrible. And I went toilet, weed blood at half time. I was thinking, but I'm young and I've just gone to West Brom to get my career back on track. I'm thinking, I can't come off. You know, it was only like the eighth, ninth game. I've got to carry on, got to carry on. So I got, got to the end of the game, could hardly move. I conceded a free kick as well that I should have saved, but I, could, I just I couldn't move. Got home and collapsed in the bathroom. And Mrs. rang the, uh, rang the ambulance and got taken straight. So basically, he lacerated my kidney. So he's hit me that hard, my kidneys started bleeding. Yeah, so I was out for I was out for months with that. Um, but yeah, I would have stayed at West Brom. And they got relegated that season and um, went back to Liverpool. I was on holiday, that's when I got the call. You need to leave. And then Paul Jewell rang us at Wigan. Yeah. You were on good things, although they are doing well Wigan then, weren't they? they? Yeah, so they stayed up. Um, but again, Rafa was messing the deal around, so I was stuck in. I was in the training ground for two days in the canteen because Rafa was messing around with the deal, saying. And then Paul Jewell uh, said, "Listen, we are signing you, but I need you to go along with this." So he pulled me in the office. He's brilliant from Paul Jewell. So he pulled me in the office and he rang Frank McParland, who was the, like, the, the in charge of signings at Liverpool as well. And he says, "Right, be quiet. Just listen to this conversation." So Paul put, put it on speaker. He said, and he says. Frankie said, this gets done within the next half an hour or Chris is going to, I'm going to send Chris back down the M50 80. And Paul's like, quiet. And he went, Frankie went, right, don't. He says, he's a great lad. You, listen, you need to sign Chris. He'll do you brilliant. He said, Paul went, listen, he's been sat in here for two days. Whatever Rafa's messing around with, whatever he's doing, this gets sorted out within the next 15 minutes or he's driving back down. And then he got a call back after like five minutes, right, Rafa's agreed to it all. And it was done, but all the message. But that was again Rafa's way of. Why not? Like you just. Mate, I'm in charge. He's in charge. No, he'll sign when I say he's going to sign. I don't you, get that. Well, you don't get it from the no. point, the point of view that he's told you you can go. Yeah. And really, you're holding the cards then. Yeah, but that you was his, I mean? that was his way of saying I'm still yeah. the manager of Liverpool. I'll decide when I'll you decide actually when you actually sign you. Yeah. But then it got done, and I went to Wigan, and everything just clicked. So I was very conscious when I left Liverpool. I knew I needed to go somewhere with an English goalie coach so I could get back to the, the hard work. Gary, uh, Gary Walsh was at um, Wigan. He said, look, come here. He said, I'll get you back. He says, and, and it, you know, when you walk through the door and something, it just feels right and it just clicked. And that was the best I played. So from 2006 to 2010, that was the best I'd, I'd played. I played 150 games on the spin. I was captain and it just, yeah, Wigan was, things just clicked and worked. And then, unfortunately, um, Steve, um, Steve Bruce, Paul Jewell, then Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce left, Roberto Martinez come in, and it just went back to square one. Paul Jewell had some forwards, though, didn't he? Rogan Sailing, you were there. PJ, yeah. Henry yeah. Kamara, remember? Henry Kamara, yeah. Yeah, Kamara, Big S was there as well. Yeah, we had, we had, some, we had a real, real good changing room. Not the best players in the world, but, but as a team, as a team, solid, team agree, solid. Yeah. yeah, solid. And we knew, we knew, we knew what we were and what we could do. But we just had a brilliant team spirit. But that's powerful, isn't it? Knowing yeah. what you're dressing room wins and loses your games. Makes up for a lot of deficiencies. Yeah. A good dressing room. Oh, player. massive, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So we had good players, but the way we were together, it made us very good as a team. Yeah. Your first season there stayed up, last kick of the game, Berkshire, wasn't it? Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, so I was actually I had a shoulder injury, so I played the first 30 games and then I ripped my shoulder to bits, so I, was, I missed that game. And then it was a season after that, um, Steve Bruce come in and then things really, really took off. 
I think he like can't. as a man manager oh, then, brilliant. compared to brilliant. Rafa. Oh, again, chalk and cheese, but he was, he just come in, I mean, when he come in, I think he come in around November, we were, we were near the bottom of the league, we were conceding goals, and he just come in and simplified things, he said, listen, let's get back to defending properly, get solid, and we did, and we went, I think we finished 10th that season, and when he come in, we were 17th, 18th, and then we, we finished 10th in the league, like, so the next six months, we just, we just went up and up and up but that was down to his management he's had a great managerial career he meets been shafted a bit when he were at Newcastle he gets a lot of stick as well I just don't you know and, and great fans great Birmingham wasn't he yeah but he was man management everything like Everett Black was with him as well he was a great sidekick for him um, but he was just yeah as a man manager he was, he was, he was brilliant I've got nothing as I said when I, him Gerard Hillier Gordon Strachan I, I couldn't wish for anyone better you don't manage so many clubs as Steve's managed. Listen, I don't get it. Manager. I don't get it. I don't get all the stick he gets, you know, when he was in Newcastle and all that. I just don't get it. You ask any player, though, that's played for him, yeah. and they would tell you exactly the same. I would say probably a slight downside, maybe towards the end of his career, he got a little bit more defensive, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Than, than the, you know, yeah. early on in his career. But he was firefighting. Eric it, Black he? was brilliant with him. So Eric Black was with him when he was at Wigan and Sunderland. And then I think I don't know what I don't know what what happened after that, but he didn't go to Newcastle with him. And then, but Eric Black was brilliant for him as well as his like coach, assistant manager, and stuff. Um, so we had Eric and obviously Steve, and, and them two were uh, they were dynamite together. Brilliant. Go back. You were saying you were captain. Yeah. What was that like? Honor. Yeah, it's privilege. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, when you got that armband on, you just feel that extra responsibility. And you know you've got you're not just thinking about yourself. You you've got to look after all the other lads as well. But yeah, I, I loved that. So I'm going to bring you back to your commentary days. Are you saying Dion was a leader? Did you take bits of yes. Dion yeah. putting you? Yeah, yeah. And obviously when I was at Liverpool as well, you know the captains we had there with Stevie and Sammy Appiah when he and Gary Mack. God, he was a player, Sammy Appiah. He, he was unreal. Yeah, him and Stefan Enshaw were great partnership. Um, but you do listen. I always treat people the way I want to be treated myself. And I, and I had that in the dressing room. Like, how do I want to be treated as a player? How do I want to be treated as a teammate? And if you if you if you do that and you treat people the way you want to be treated yourself, I don't think you can go too far wrong. Yeah. But you must have been a big character yourself in the, in the dressing room because, you know, although it's maybe a bit more common now, a goalkeeper at that time to be a captain, there wasn't too many. No, there weren't. No, no. I always, as I said, I always. But again, it comes from Oggy. You know, from a young age, the way he was in the dressing room, the way he treated people and spoke to people with respect. So I, I, I tried to, yeah, I, I consider myself really calm and I know keepers have got a wacky name and people say they're nuts and stuff. And I have met some keepers that are crackers, but I've always been pretty, pretty level-headed and I think that helped me. You must be the exception then. Well, Aidan Davidson you said it's a crazy I, man. Who's that? Aidan Davidson said it's a crazy man. Oh, yeah, very, 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 yeah. There's a few. Yeah, the, listen, I've worked with a few that are, yeah. that are mad, but yeah, I've... I, I just, I've always tried to be as steady as I can. What was Dave Whelan like? Mr. Dave was great, yeah. So it, it, actually, I went back to a, a Wigan game a um, couple of months ago and I sat with Dave, so I got invited back to a game and he didn't recognise us. He's got, he's got bad Alzheimer's at the oh, minute. And he, do you know what, it broke my heart because he's done it, made, us, Wigan, it made me remember the way he was. I mean, listen, he, he used to come in and what we're going through now with the energy crisis and the, the rise of bills and all this sort of stuff, he used to come in, this is back in 2006, he used to come in the training ground, turn all the lights off. So any light on it, and he'd go, he said, one day there will be a big crisis in the world, like with energy, with bills, everything like that. So if there was any lights on, he used to go through, before he said hello to anyone, he used to go through the whole training ground and turn all the lights off. If no one's in the room. Like... No, even if people are in the room, <laughs> yeah. right? Even if people are in the room, he said, what do you need lights for? Yeah. It's, it's the middle of the day. What you got lights on for? And he always used to say there will be a big crisis one day. And, yeah. Don't offer the tone and everything, Dave Wheel. And he, well, he used to come in. I mean, he used to come in sometimes before and you used to think, oh, you know, but Bruce, he was great with him. Paul Jewell, them two, you know, he treated him like a son. Um, but he, 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 when he used to come in, what he actually said was brilliant. He used to, yeah. And he'd come in a couple of times when we needed a victory to finish like 10th in that league. He says, well, I'll, I'll promise you this. You get it, is load of stuff here and all this. Also, sort of dangle stuff. little carrots. Oh, right, dangled carrots, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's probably a couple of times where he'd come in at the end of games and you, you could tell the manager were looking, saying, What are you doing? Um, but Goldfrey bought Tony Jacklin in after one game. 
Did he? Yeah, so he bought Tony Jackley, so them two were mates. And I love, I love golf, and I've got a flag at home signed by Tony Jacklin. And, yeah, so he brought him in. So he did things like that sometimes. Uh, but in general, he was... I don't think the managers at Wigan could have asked for a better chairman. He was, he was, he was honestly, he was spot on. So we've had good man managers now, back to Steve Bruce. Then Roberto Martinez come in. Yeah, I knew the writing was on the wall. He, he brought a Spanish goalie coach in, and again, the training went back to... I, I just It was just like deja vu, Liverpool days again. I was thinking, this is just not going to end well. And it didn't in the end. My, my game went. I was not getting the training I wanted. Um, I could have gone to Sunderland with Brucey. Brucey moved to Sunderland and he wanted me to go to Sunderland. And, and Roberto sat us down and said, look, no, you're not going. You're my captain. You'll be here as long as you want to be here. All this sort of stuff. And then got to the end of that season and basically said, you can go. He says, I don't want you anymore. Just uh, like that. Just like that. Did he not say a few crazy things when he first came in? First yes. Meeting? Yes, he did. Yeah, he said two. So, yeah, so... Brucey left, Roberto come in, and he sat us all down in the, in the meeting room and just said, look, the first two things he said, he says, you, we were 17th in the league at the time, struggling. And we knew, like we said, we, we knew we had good players, but we weren't. But he went, you are a top six team. He says, you, I'll get you in the top six. And we looked at each other thinking, this, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not that good. And then the other thing he said, which was horrendous, was he, he said, who's got kids? And like, I had a daughter and a lot of the lads had kids and all that. And so we all put our hands up and he went, shouldn't have kids till the end of your career. He says, they, yeah, he says, they. Would you say he's lost a dressing room? Straight away. Straight away. Wow. Honestly, he said think? that. Yeah. Joke, yeah. Yeah. He's got five kids. So he yeah. Had a couple, I wouldn't have played I had my daughter was like three, four years old at the time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of lads had kids, families. And, you know, they, like I said about Gerard, he wanted you to have be settled down, wanted you to have a family and stuff like that. But, yeah, Roberto, they were the first two things he said straight away. And so, yeah, he lost his dress room straight away. Were you looking for a club in your head straight away? I, I knew eventually what was... After a couple of weeks, you just know. You, did, you know, the training was not what I wanted. Um, so, like the, so 2010 to 2012, I only played two games, but both against Bolton, because Ali, Ali Alabsi come on loan. And, and he uh, he couldn't play against Bolton, so I played them. Um, but yeah, he, he 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 liked to talk a lot, Roberto. He liked to yeah. So yeah, didn't listen. Why is what it is. But when four hundred will do. Like I, like I said, he's the manager, and if you don't buy into that and you don't do what he says, you're the one that's going to suffer. You know, if he's still at the club, so you're the one that's going to suffer. Keys, yeah. See, when you say like obviously back to square one with the training, etc. Spanish goalkeeping coach comes yeah. in. Did you go to the manager and say, listen, yeah. the training isn't good enough for me? I just said, listen, I need more. I said, no, no, I said, I need more repetitions. I need, you know, there's stuff that's got me to where I am before you come in. I need that. And he was like, no, this is this is the way you're going to do things now. This is the way the training goes. And I tried to have a chat with Inyaki, the goalie coach. He was a lovely bloke. But I said, listen, I need I need different... No, 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 no. This is, this is what you need now. I've looked at your... This is what you need to do. And I was just thinking eventually it's just not going to work. And then... When I left Wigan in 2012, I knew I needed to go to somewhere with a British goalie coach again, Andy Rhodes. So he rang me and said, look, I'm at Sheffield Wednesday. He says, I know what you need. I've watched you all your career. I know what makes you tick. I've spoke to people. I know what training you need. Come here and I'll get you back to your best. And I went there again and it just, like just clicked like that. Just like that. I went and played 90-odd games on the spin at Sheffield Wednesday. Won player of the season, first year. Um, and think, but, but again, and people say, well... Your mindset's just telling you that, you know, you need to train that. No, that's the way I've, I've been brought up since I was at Coventry, since I was 15, 16. That's the only way I know to train. Well, it's no coincidence your most consistent time as a footballer was with Wigan. Yeah. Your second most consistent Sheffield time was Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. You were happy with both training coaches yeah, and your training. Exactly, yeah, exactly. No, it makes you question the mindset. You're not it's not about you. This is the thing that does me... I, when I, if I go and coach somebody now, it's not about what, what do I want as the goalie coach. It's right, what's best for that keeper? Yeah. Or what's best for that player? What makes them tick? You know, it's not about, a lot of coaches these days, it's about them. And they'll do things about, oh, you know, look at me, I'm doing this and that. It's not, it's about what's best for the player. And that's Shouldn't what be. I try and do. Yeah. Makes sense. It just makes proper well, sense, doesn't it? It's not art, it's common sense, isn't it? But a lot of them, you, you go back to a lot of the old, they've got egos in there and, oh, this is the way you do things, this, is, this should be it, it's about me, it's about... You Would know, you say that's from people then who have not been a better player? Because obviously, 
I'm going to put it in what I've learned since doing these podcasts. Say you have an ex-pro, been a good pro, latter end of his years, he looks after himself different because he knows he needs that for his body. Mm. It's like John made a great comment the other week. Don't run the batteries down in the week, save them for yeah. Saturday. You adapt. Yeah. So if that's you learning, you know, when you finish football, you, you should have learned that. Yeah. Then people have got good man- management. Yeah. Hence, Steve Bruce, he played to his latter years, didn't he? Yeah. So he knows this. Yeah. Might be right. That's what I do now. So I, yeah, I had to, you have to adapt. So I knew what I needed Monday, Tuesday. Monday was after you'd played, you'd still be a bit stiff. So you'd take it. Tuesday was flat out for me. You know, I, I would train as hard as I could on a Tuesday. Wednesday, you'd be off. Thursday, Friday, then you tune in yourself for the game coming up on a, on a Saturday. And all you can do is offer advice. So if somebody asks me, well, what do you think I should be doing? I say, well, what, what, what are you happy doing? What do you, what's got you to where you want to be? What do you want to go to next? You know, and then you try and take little bits and help them. But it's about them. It's not about, it's not about the coach. It's, it's, about, about, yeah. it's, it's about the players. Well, it's about the players. It's trust as well, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. trust is a big issue. And I think once you trust a player yeah. or the player trusts the manager or the goalie coach, yeah. that's when you get your And you can say to them, look, try this. Maybe this could help you. And if they come back and say, well, actually, yeah, that has helped me, or no, that's not really for me, okay, that's fine. Not a problem. But some coaches then will take that as, oh, well, he's doing what he wants, he's not listening to me at all. But if somebody tries it and they don't like it, as I said, they're the one that has to go on the pitch and cross the line. Do you think, a goalkeeper especially, do you think it's the case of, I mean, a goalie's union, right, straight away, but you don't want to be called lazy as well? No. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when you look at it and then all of a sudden you take it personally, yeah. if it's easy training sessions and you need more, yeah. well, I'm not being We used to be out on them trainings um, with, with Rafa and Roberto, sometimes two and a half hours. And you don't need to train for two and a half hours. You, do, you just don't need to. And you used to come in thinking, I've actually not even broke sweat. I've actually not done what is, you know, you've done nothing for two and a half hours. And, and the more of them you do, it, it does, it demoralises you and you're thinking, this is just not doing us any good at all. And listen, Roberto come in and they won the FA Cup, same year, what everyone forgets, they got relegated. So they won the FA Cup, but still got relegated, but he's always remembered for winning, winning the, the FA Cup, not getting relegated the same season. So, but listen, I, like I said, I, I'll never turn effing blind and stuff like that. All I'll talk about is the experiences and, and he, he should have done things a lot better and he should I just you just want honesty yeah. if you're not going to play if you're not for, if he's not for you come in right you're not for me Chris I'll help you get another club or whatever but don't say you'll be here you'll be captain you'll be here as long as I want you're not going to Sunderland that's not happening and, 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 and lying and stuff like that because he knew what was going to happen he knew I'd be out at the end of the season or he was going to bring another keeper do you think it was a case of because it was Brucey at Sunderland that he didn't want you to go there probably yeah Possibly. Didn't want it to come back and backfire on them. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I I didn't really. I, we was happy. Lucy was only three at the time. Four. Would I have gone up there? Probably would have done. If the bid would have come in, I'd I'd have probably because it was Brucey, and because I'd played my best under there. Nigel Spink, who coming after Gary Walsh, the goalie coach, was up at Sunderland with Spinksy. I had Spinksy at Wigan as well, playing my best football. So yeah, I'd I'd have probably gone. Ended up going. But he said in no circuit, um, you know, you're not going, simple as that. And he actually promised me a new contract. So at the end of the season, I'll give you a new contract for staying. Got to the end of the season, Go agent went in, said, right. He said, no, no, that's, that's off the table now. That's that, yeah. But you ended up joining an equally big club in Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, what Proper club. traditional club. What a yeah. club. Yeah, amazing. Uh, again, I knew I, I had to be careful where I went next. It had to be a British goalie coach. It had to be, you know, Something that just felt right, and yeah, as soon as I walked through the door, travelling was hard, and obviously the, the issues off the pitch happened while I was at Sheffield Wednesday. But as a club, just yeah, just the fans were amazing. Everything about it, I'm, yeah, I look back now. You go back to when I go back there, and it's just yeah, firm fond memories of the Probably place. Road. Oh man, old school, just old school ground. Never changed, but they're great to... dressing room again. We had a brilliant dressing room there. Yeah, great dressing room, and everything was. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The football side of things was great. It was just obviously off the pitch. Type of ground you walk in, it makes the ears in the back of your head oh, stand. Man. I just know, it, I hope it stays like that yeah. forever. You know, make it safe, make sure it's all safe, but... I'd, yeah, some grounds you just don't want to touch, and, and Hillsborough's one of them. It's a place, probably. Yeah. Even Bramall Park, oh, that's a great ground. Still, yeah. Bramall Lane. Sheffield United, oh, we can't mention that. Sorry, Sheffield no, United. no, I said Bramall Park, Bramall so he's Park. looking. Yeah. yeah, it's a golf club. Yeah, the old school, I listen, I'm old school. The best. I, I, I am, I have it all day, all day long. Yeah, the atmospheres, and, you know, yeah. they still get, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll get back up this season. Burnham Park, Bolton, 15,000 in there. Oh, 28,000 in the Reebok. It'll be noisy. It's a tough park. place, you know, Reebok. Going to Bolton, especially when you're at Wigan, that's, a, that's the local derby, yeah. isn't it? Used to be a tough place to go Bolton. Nope, there still is. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no... Doing both loss. teams doing well now, aren't they? No love lost between both clubs. Probably, probably going to possibly get each other in the playoffs, couldn't they? No, no, no. Wigan, Wigan look like they're coming down. Yeah, I know what I mean now. Sheffield Wednesday and Bolton. Sorry. Possibly looks like they could... Yeah. Yeah, good chance. Good chance. Good play chance. Play. I mean, the best we can do is finish fifth. Yeah. So it's either fifth or sixth. Yeah. And was it third v six, fourth v fifth, fourth v fifth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, playoffs are the playoffs. You take who you get. Yeah. It's it's be who, great turns days, up, who turns up on a day. That's be it. at Wembley, wouldn't it as well? Mm-hmm. Be great days at them, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. But uh, we might, well, luck being with us, we might bypass Wigan. Because they've had t- tough times, haven't they? Recently. Well, they've, they've given themselves. Yeah, they've still got a lot to do in there. They've won the last two in there, but they've. Um, yeah, I think it's all against them, aren't it? I think if Huddersfield is it Huddersfield, they win their game in hand. Yeah. It's like eight points in it, so seven points. I think he's yeah, over. Warnock's done miracles in there. He's done well. Yeah. It's just, listen, when a club goes down, it's it's like um, I get asked all the time now about Everton, and obviously being Liverpool and still living in the area. Do you want Everton to go down? And no, I don't because. Of what happens off the pitch, so people that have been at cl- like twenty years, they'll get sacked, they'll lose the jobs because they'll cut. It's not nice, is it? It's not, but people, football fans, probably don't see that side of things. The players don't get affected, you know. The players will move, or they'll they'll still get the money, but it's people that the prop, the the people, the lifeblood, isn't it? Yeah, the people that run football clubs. It's them people that will lose the jobs, and particularly in the time we're in at the minute with everything that's going on. It's and that's why, and I'll be honest. I, I hope that I hope that nobody goes down because that's what happens. The thing I can never understand, Chris, is that, yeah, that happens and it happens all too often when somebody goes down. Yeah. and it's all the people in the background. That I don't get works, it. I don't get it. Socks off. Okay, go one player less in your squad, yeah. and that would take care of everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, don't get it. You're cutting people that are on nothing. No, I'd, I'd, and, I'd, 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 it shouldn't be allowed. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be allowed. And they um, end up rip, ripping the heart out of the football club. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and these people have got families, they've got bills, they've yeah. been, you know, they, they, without them, the clubs don't run. Simple as that. But they're the ones that get punished when the, when the players exactly. they are not doing it for whatever reason. It's, it shouldn't be allowed. Should be, should be, you know, I don't know if anything could be done about that, but like you just said there, just sell one extra player. Get somebody off the wage bill. Either sell a player or, like I said, go one yeah. less in your squad. No, it's, it's, it's not nice when it happens. It isn't, but football. 
Sadly, it is. It's, it's the bad side of football. It's yeah. Good, isn't it? Top class. Right, Chris, it's that time again. John's Rapid 15. I'm going to start you off with a clean sheet or a win? A win. The Masters or the Open? Masters. Tea or coffee? Tea. Woods or McElroy? McElroy. Best stadium played in? Anfield. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Hole in one? Have you had a hole in one? Have a hole in one, no. Questionable. First result you look for on a Saturday? Liverpool. Ryder Cup or the Open? Ryder Cup. Old or new Wembley? Old. Champions League final or the Super Bowl? Champions League final. PGA or live golf? PGA. Favourite manager? Gerard Houllier slash Gordon Strachan slash Gerard and Steve Bruce. Don't you sit on that fence. (laughs) Worst game played in? 9-1 when we lost to Spurs, 9-1. Best moment as a player? Signing for Liverpool. Top class. Wonderful. Chris Kirkland, you've been a star. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Been brilliant.